This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Eddie. And I'm Andy. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries on this special holiday edition of Paranormal Dads. Welcome to uh, our holiday special uh, 2022 here on Paranormal Dads. Oh my gosh, this is our, uh, we've, I love doing Christmas specials. I almost said this is our, I think we didn't do one. I think the, during the pandemic, I think we missed our holiday episode. That we were just trying to stay alive, man. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the holiday episode was that we weren't dead. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But I We took a holiday it. from the holiday episode yeah. that year. But for the most part, whether it's been a collaboration with other podcasters or a super ambitious Christmas special audio tile, go back and listen to some of those. They're really fun. Yeah, some, some of them have been a little different than the others, but uh, we always have a good time. Such uh, a fun time. This time of the year. Do something special and... Uh, We'll be talking about some holiday specials later in this episode. Yes, we will. Speaking of scary, though, man, there's nothing scarier than Black Friday shopping, man. Oh. I, I don't know about you guys. Like, I avoid that like the plague. I stick to Amazon. I'm like, y'all, y'all nutcases can go wait in line all day for your discounted items. I'll be sitting here on my cell phone getting my Amazon shopping done. Yeah, I did not go out on Black Friday. Actually, I think I worked on Black Friday, but uh, uh, I, I work from home, actually. and, and But I stayed, stayed home. Did not go out. I think I did some online shopping. My wife and I actually did go out. Uh, she's been traveling a lot for work, so, but she was in town this weekend, and so we went out, did a little bit of Christmas shopping over the weekend. But thank goodness for Amazon and <laughs> some of yeah, those, I, the, I've done. Oh, so good. Yeah, just just I mean, it just makes it so easier for homebodies like me that don't like coming out into the public arena these days. I don't mind it. Like I don't mind being in the store. But here's where things have gotten a little weird, where there's less people running registers now. Yeah. And yeah. so now if you're buying your own Christmas gifts in a store, now you're standing in this serpentine line to go self-checkout. And it's it adds a layer of like, I'm not having a whole lot of fun here. And so it's uh, I'm with you guys. I've done a lot more internet type shopping. Uh, my kids are a little older now, so this is kind of a, a kind of a weird. Christmas. That's another part of it, you know. You yeah. ask the kids what they want for Christmas, Money. and you, you don't get this, you know, uh, <laughs> dictionary sized list. It's, no, uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard hard to uh, nail them down on. Uh, exactly what they're thinking for the holidays i miss the toy days i miss the days of yeah. just going out and getting them a toy yeah. it, there's a it's not just the simplicity of it it was just like this feeling of like when you're a kid you know when thinking back to when we were kids you have no money you have no access to getting the things that you want so it's this nice like connection of like oh man you know my kid was so good i'm gonna get them a nice little toy that they want real bad and and then when they're older 
they kind of get their own stuff. Yeah, like, they, they, they might have a job or something, and they can kind of provide for themselves. To, to an extent, yeah, yeah, except for the food and the, and the rent. They're not helping out with that. But it's like <laughs> it's like my older two daughters, they buy clothes. If they want clothes, they buy them. They don't yeah. ask, you know. And so when Christmas comes they around. They don't trust me with buying clothes for them. <laughs> I bought you an XXXL T-shirt <laughs> that says Paranormal Dads on it. By the way, you can order one of those at the end of the show. Go check us out, message us, and say, hey, I want me a Paranormal Dads T-shirt, hoodie, hat. We'll talk more. But Andy still has a uh, a, a younger one, a true believer, and uh, but she she's avoiding the dolls this year. Yeah, you know, and my daughter Sky, she's eight years old, and you know, I keep asking her, "What do you want for Christmas?" And she says, "I don't know, but I don't want a doll." She's like, "If <laughs> no you doll. give me a doll, I'm sending it back." I'm right there with you, Sky. <laughs> Which is weird because she hasn't seen. Obviously, she hasn't seen like Child's Play or the, no. you know, the Chucky or anything like that. I don't know where the, her fear of dolls comes from. Maybe it's like spiders and snakes. Like We're, we're just inherently born yeah. with this fear of dolls. You it's know, so Fear weird. of them coming to life at or them point, looking dolls at us. Dolls become creepy or... to people. <laughs> I remember like I stayed the night at my granddad's house years ago. This is like 1980-something. And my aunt had a, you know, she had a big bedroom. So my aunt, I say my aunt, she's only two years older than me. So we were basically contemporaries. So I was sleeping in her room. And I'm laying on the. And she was a big uh, uh, Harlequin doll collector. That's no. the name Harlequin. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you're thinking antiques. Oh, kind of. and these all look like sad little clowns with the little <laughs> diamonds like. And you slept in a room full of and these I'm things. In a room just surrounded by these things. No joke. Probably thirty of these dang things. Big ones, little ones, teeny ones, big enough they can all big enough to hold a knife. And I'm sitting here laying down. I didn't sleep a wink. I'm like. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> like, and I swear one just looking at me and then it's like the movie uh, Poltergeist where the kid like yeah. looking at the clown doll in the, right, in the right, chair right. and then looks up and the clown doll's missing holy buckets yeah. I got so scared of that when I saw <laughs> that and then I'm laying down with those Harlequin dolls I think a good chunk of reason the reason why I am how I am air quotes <laughs> Harlequin dolls <laughs> seared into my memory with a white hot branding iron <laughs> That's terrifying, man. The worst. I don't blame your daughter at all. She's smart. Sky, if you're listening to this, great Christmas list. (laughs) She wants brass knuckles to beat up more dolls. (laughs) So shall we commence on this uh, winter journey? Uh, We're going to start off just like we always do with recent sightings. And I I am up to bat on this one. This is Andy's segment. Here we go. All right, guys, uh, for today's recent sightings, I I actually have kind of a two-parter. One's a personal story that just happened to me the other day, hot and fresh and and as recent as it gets. You know, but the other recent thing that I found from the interwebs, uh, it's a recent event. And actually, uh, recently in New Jersey, a little town in New Jersey, uh, had a little holiday fright going on. And and it says, uh, if you've been naughty this year, uh, you know, this this event was the perfect place for naughty people to go. Because uh, when you think of Christmas events, you usually think of like sparkling lights, pictures of a Santa, festive music, Christmas trees, and everyone's happy. And this event was kind of the opposite. Um, and this was uh, the Paranormal Museum in Ashbury Park uh, in New Jersey. It held the annual Krampus Festival, Eddie. Yes! Oh, man! I love Krampus so much. You just say the word Krampus and Eddie lights up like it's Christmas morning. Krampus anything. Well, this was held this year uh, from December 2nd to December 4th, so just a few days ago. Yeah, Krampus knocked is December 5th. Yeah, so and, right, yeah. right hand in hand there with St. Nicholas uh, 
night if you celebrate that you know you were, you can put your shoes out that's what we did when we were kids you put your shoes out at night and St. Nicholas stops by and puts some treats in your shoes what uh, what night is St. Nicholas night? I think it's like the 6th okay yeah. or maybe the December night of the 5th, 5th or 6th yeah, think, so yeah. it's right there with Krampus yeah, 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 <laughs> Krampus is coming to take all the baddies out first <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Krampus would poop in your shoe. He's not, he's not leaving <laughs> your you treats. He's just going to take the whole shoe and leave a, a poop in the shape of your shoe. You're like, oh, man. Man, I got Krampus. I, I got poop shoes. Exactly. <laughs> but if, for anybody wondering who or what a Krampus is, it's actually an old German folklore. Uh, it's, it's rooted in German folklore, I should say. And it's essentially a half-goat, half-demon monster yeah. that punishes misbehaving kids during Christmas. And it was actually made into a horror movie in uh, 2015. You yep. saw that, right, Eddie? I did. I, rec- I mean, this is one of yep. our first Christmases where I recommended you to see it. Yeah. And you were a little kind of trepidatious about it. And yeah. I, I did end up watching it, though. Yeah. It was, a ha- it was a halfway decent movie. It's a holiday classic in my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gremlins, kind of. But, you know, but there's a, a lot of fun traditions associated with Krampus, including the uh, Krampuslauf, uh, which is when people roam around the streets attempting to scare others. Um, and that sounds like way more fun than uh, cheery Christmas carols for many paranormal enthusiasts. We should, we should really do that one year, guys. The <laughs> paranormal dad's uh, Krampuslauf. <laughs> well, at this, at this uh, recent festival, uh, you could submit your name to the naughty list. And they read <laughs> those names from the roof of the Paranormal Tower. Oh, oh nice. And you could actually grab yourself a, a picture with Krampus and a Yeti oh, at this festival. Wow. Where is this festival? It was in New Jersey. New Jersey. We are doing this. We are doing this next year. Yeah, from the Garden State, uh, put on by the Paranormal Museum in Ashbury Park. Okay, sign um, me up. Yeah, so a lot of, st- a lot of fun things were going on there. Uh, there was, uh, over the course of the weekend, there was a film festival uh, there was uh, the Monsters of Yule walking tour, and uh, Krampus brunch. You could have brunch with Krampus himself. Oh my god! Yeah. So for next year, put that on our bucket list for next year, guys. So on maybe. Friday, we're going to the Today Show, see Hoda and Savannah Guthrie. Yep. And then we'll go see the big Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. Yep. Get on the subway, go up to Asbury Park, maybe catch a Springsteen concert, and then we're going to the Krampus festival. Top it all off to the Krampus. Gotta love Mark, it. you can. I but, just love this. But you gotta love a spooky spin on something that's that's cheerful, you know. And it's not to take the magic out of the holiday season no. necessarily. It's just putting a fun little spooky twist on it. Is all. It adds. I think it personally, and I think especially as like as we get older. But I think this is also kind of like the Americanization of certain holidays. Honestly speaking, because it's like these are old traditions yeah. these aren't new people are like what's this what's this demon thing all about it's like this is really old and we kind of i say we american culture kind of took these holidays and really kind of cleaned disney them up a little bit yeah. they're like you know let's take some of this scary stuff out but some of the scary stuff was there to really teach lessons and drive home this whole yin yang kind of thing and and I love the idea that, like, it's not enough that Santa's going to bring you coal. Krampus is going to kick your door down and hit you with sticks, you know? It's well, not- anymore, Halloween is such a big ep- big holiday for people that you you take Krampus, and that's just kind of an extension of Halloween, except, you know, you can stick it there in December. So you, that's two holidays for the price of one, right? Right. And 
in a way, you look at it in a weird way, Laura, like you, you invoke Halloween. It's like Halloween has this kind of overtly spooky nature and then a little bit of lighthearted to it. But like the big no overarching narrative is like, ooh, wow, that's a little scary. And then with, with Christmas, it's like an overwhelming happy nature. And so I like the idea. And then a little bit, a little bit of spooky. Just a little bit, bit sprinkled mm -hmm. in. I, I love it. And I like the idea. This does tie in a little bit to our, our upcoming uh, pop culture, pop in the paranormal here. But um, actually, no, I'm sorry. It ties into our main mystery. I stand corrected um, with what we're going to be doing. But uh, the notion of like having a little bit of that uh, scary is kind of cooked into it. I did a little research, guys, as well. On, and I love the idea of like the ancient holidays. Because these modern holidays are modern holidays. They're very much borrowed, collaborated, you know, combined with other cultures and what they did during these times. And the holiday of Saturnalia and Yule, which is that, that name might sound familiar with the whole Yule log and Yule tide and all that. Um, the notion of Yule cracks off on the winter solstice, December 21st, the longest night of the year. And ancient European uh, tribes, uh, like legit, like the Celtic tribes, these Anglo-Saxon, these this is this is before they were even countries, you know. These were just you know tribal people walking around. They were really rooted in this like old kind of like spiritual belief of like nature and balance and spirits and all these things and the whole world of the Fae and all this. And and uh, one of the things was uh, Samhain, which is around Halloween time, and uh, Yuletide, they were considered uh, what they call liminal times. And the idea of being liminal was that the air, the, the, the veil between the world of the living and the dead was at its most thin, like it was the most permeable during these times. So it was kind of exciting. So telling yeah. ghost stories and being scary, it kind of goes hand in hand with Yuletide and all that. Yeah. Reminds me of that song. You know, scary, ghost scary stories. ghost stories and tales of the oh, glories yeah. of Christmas. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. But a uh, little little spooky twist on a on a Christmas festival. I thought that'd be appropriate enough, given the nature, the theme of this of this show. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's kind of in the pop culture wheelhouse, but recently came out on Apple TV. Have you guys seen it? Uh, it's called Spirited. Yes, I watched it last night. Spirited. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a new take on on a Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah, with Ryan Reynolds and who else is Will, in it? Uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, was it good, Pat? It was. How could it it was. not be good. With those I want to see it. I haven't seen it either. And you have to watch it and yeah. compare. It notes. took me two times. I fell asleep the first time. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. And my wife and daughter just canceled it. It's like he's out. You know, I I, I lasted about twenty minutes, <laughs> and I was out. <laughs> and so uh, that was a Friday night. So I had work that day, and I was tired. So uh, yesterday we tried again, and I made it through the whole thing, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I don't want to give away any of the any of the story, but uh, yeah, very much kind of a uh, it harkens back to Scrooge and things like that. But uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Christmas Carol, definitely a different spin on the Scrooge really? story for sure. And it's a musical yeah. too, right? It is. It is. Yeah, musical. yeah, it's I fun. Good, I love a good musical. Well, there was my part one of of. Uh, Recent sighting, guys. Uh, part two of recent sightings happened to me and oh. my daughter Sky just a couple days ago. Uh oh. And, it may, and, I, and I'm inserting this in here appropriately enough because I guess you could sort of kind of maybe put it in the wheelhouse of a possible Rudolph sighting uh. or alien encounter. Ooh. All right. 
So I know a lot of listeners are not familiar with Omaha, but that's okay. I live in uh, West Omaha, Northwest Omaha, and uh, just a five-minute drive from my house, you arrive in the town of Elkhorn. And anymore, Elkhorn and Omaha are basically blended together. But we're out there at the intersection of 204th and Maple Street, if you are familiar with our city. And right there at the intersection of 204th and Maple is the Elkhorn Water Tower. And I don't remember why, but Sky and me, we, we were out driving around. We were going to pick something up or drop something off or something. And we're out there at the intersection, and I look up, and just a little ways above and in, in behind the water tower, I would say, gosh, maybe 100 feet in the air, tops, um, was this red glowing light in the sky. Pretty big. What? And I don't mean a light as in like a drone. I mean... This thing was big, I, like at least the size of a beach ball, maybe a little bit bigger than that, actually. Okay. Glowing red. And I look up at it, and I, I just, I was driving, and it's dark, and, and I think it was even a little bit misty or rainy. And I look up, and just jokingly, I was like, hey, Sky, look at the UFO up there. Ha ha. And I looked at it again, and I looked at it a third time, and then we got stopped at a red light. And I'm starting to look at this thing, and I'm like, all joking aside, this looks really weird, Sky. I was like, do you see it? She's like, yeah, it's just hovering there. And I'm like, do you see any blinking lights? Because I don't. And she was like, nope, there's no blinking lights. There's no blinking red, white, or green lights, which uh-huh. uh, if it's a helicopter UAB, or, or drone, anything, there has to be a blinking light on it. So I was going to be the debunker here. You're near the water tower. It's not the light on top of the water tower. No, it was definitely not on the water tower. It was separate. Uh, it was um, a few blocks away. It was actually a few blocks uh, to the northwest of the water tower, clearly not on the actual tower itself. But my second thought was, okay, okay, if it's not a plane, it's not a drone, it's not a helicopter, this thing is stationary, it's glowing, it's not blinking, it's consistently red, it's big. Uh, and my only thought was, is there a tower, like a radio tower or a, you know, you know, because on top mm-hmm. of, if, if a tower is tall enough, it needs a, a like a light or a blinking red light so that planes know to stay away right, so right. that they don't hit it. it. Yeah. But I, it was so dark, I couldn't tell if there's a tower out that way. Mm-hmm. And, and in my memory, I couldn't remember if there was or not. And the majority of the ones in Omaha are down at 72nd and uh, Crown Point. So yeah, that, you, that'd be could, behind you yeah. where you were at. Yeah, it was the opposite direction of where I was looking. So I said, okay, Sky, uh, next time that we're here during the day, let's look off in that direction. And most likely there's a tower there, and that's where this red light is attached to. Yeah. So just uh, the other day, we were there during the daytime, and I was like, oh, let's let's look for that tower. We look over in that direction. There's no tower. There's yeah. the water tower, yeah. but there's no there's nothing, no other structure that this light could have been attached to. So what this was, was it a Rudolph sighting? Did we see a glowing red nose? I don't know, but the few times in my life that I've seen something that I can genuinely say is a UFO, unidentified flying object that mm-hmm. defies explanation... It, it's always accompanied with this signature feeling of I'm looking at something that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and furthermore, it's almost this emotional feeling of I'm looking at this thing and this thing is looking right back at me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we got a real good long look at this thing because we, that light is a long light at 204th and Maple. We we're trying to uh, turn left onto 204th Street, but we, we got a good look at it. And again, guys... 
This thing was big. I mean, see the exercise ball back there in the corner? Sure. If that thing was just glowing red, that's about the size of this thing. And I know 100 feet sounds like it's way, way up in the air. It's not high. It's not high no. at all. That's strange. It was so yeah. bizarre, man. And it wasn't moving. It was stationary? It's completely stationary. No blinking lights whatsoever. And it was so bright that it almost had like a haze or a halo around it. Uh, huh. not, not, not a halo, but like there was a, like an, aura, a, an aura around it. I swear. Just to be able hmm. to carry a drone with you all the time and be able to fly it up there real quick. Like, <laughs> when are they going to start making these jetpacks, man? I would have got out of my car, strapped on a jetpack, and flew up to see what that thing was that if I had amazing. the capability. That would be awesome. Just pull over the side, jump out, put on your jetpack, take off. Yeah. Get it, Andy, get it. <laughs> I done seen it. The things Saturday morning cartoons were made of exactly. back in the day. Man, I love that idea. And it's so crazy because you probably didn't even have time to. And, and if you would have gotten your phone out, all you would have captured was black space with a red light. With a tiny out. red dot, yeah. if I was lucky. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, before we know it, we turned and, and that was. And, and I thought I fully expected next time we would be there during the day. I thought it must be a radio tower or something. But nothing. And it would, next time we were there during the day, I was like, there is not there is nothing that that could like could have been attached to. It was a free floating flying object of some kind. It's a Rudolph. Mm-hmm. It's Rudolph I'm calling man. it. Just doing an early run. Yep. Just got to do a little practice run over Omaha. Make sure he does, he's got his root down. Well, it was a supersized Rudolph to have a nose <laughs> that big. Well, you know. He'd been doing his uh, reindeer exercises. He had COVID. It he had a made cold. his nose glow a little <laughs> brighter this time. He's like, man, I'm fighting off a heck of a COVID cold. I got to really just, you know. So. Had some post-nasal drip, a little exactly. swelling going on. Just fighting off that. Just trying to get better, like all of us. But if you're an Elkhorn listening to this, keep your eyes to the skies, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, something, something's up there. But next, we'll ease into pop culture and the paranormal. That's me. It's going to be an extra Christmassy pop culture and the paranormal. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. On this segment of Pop Culture and the Paranormal, Holiday Edition, I'm going to be sharing a piece of uh, Christmas history with you that I personally love. And I talked about this ad nauseum on one of my uh, retired, not, not retired podcasts, uh, Daydream Instruction Manual. In fact, every year we would watch a Rankin-Bass Christmas special and mm-hmm. just talk about it after the fact. So anyone out there listening, uh, either you've heard of Rankin-Bass or maybe like Andy, you knew about the show, but didn't know the production company who did it. Uh, Rankin Bass was this production company that kind of started off like what in the like forties, fifties. It, it could have been that far back. I'm yeah. not sure. I know certainly through the sixties, uh, you know, is when they started really creating a lot of the ones that we the grew classics. up with. Yeah, uh, there are some really obscure ones. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that whole list of obscure obscure ones. There, some of these are these are all either obscure or weird. The ones I'm going to talk about, uh, but there's one uh, Nestor, the Nestor, the long-eared donkey. donkey. Yeah. He's like the donkey that took uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus off to the. I mean, there's all these great stories, but they're very like kind of cute and family friendly and very old. I mean, these mm-hmm. were like done in the 50s and 60s. They kind of hit a heyday around that time. But every show is Christmas based or Christmas themed. Not all of their Not stuff of that they did, but they're all very like uh, entertainmenty. Like they did a uh, Wizard of Oz. They actually did the Lord of the first animated Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's movie. what I was gonna say. They did the Hobbit or the something. Hobbit didn't they? and Lord of the yeah. Rings. If you ever grew up in the seventies, eighties and even nineties pre Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings on TV 
it was like a cartoon and it was also rotoscoped which is kind of a style of animation where they film say they film Andy doing something and then they draw over the film tracing you around it and so uh, they've done a lot of things frankly uh, they did a movie called The Last Unicorn which we actually talked about in our one of our <laughs> last episodes uh, so Rankin Bass is a very like they're very a- animation heavy they were a powerhouse I mean they were kind of almost on par with Disney for a while there um, but they're gone now. They kind of subsisted for a while. I think one of the most, the latest thing that they were involved with was, um, I think they did something with like the animated Coneheads movie. Really? Some sort of animated Cone. <laughs> anyway, so Rankin Bass. We're going to talk about five. They have a laundry list of, of, of Christmas specials. Sure, all the big ones. Rudolph, Twas right. the Night Before Christmas, yep, Santa, Santa Claus, Claus Coming to, to Town. town. That was the, the, the basically like the, the, the life story of Santa. I'm going to be discussing five of either the most obscure or odd Christmas specials that they have chose to make. This isn't all of them, but this is five of them. Uh, starting off, what I consider to be, this isn't going to be a, a comprehensive breakdown, more of a trip down Eddie's memory lane. Um, the first one, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, uh, came out in December 17th, 1985. Okay. So I was a, let me see here, eight-year-old at the time. Pat was uh, 37. <laughs> 15. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and Andy was two. <laughs> no, you were like two or three. What year was it? 85. That would have been four. Yeah. yeah. So it comes out, and it is the most... I remember watching it as a kid and then thinking, I'm either imagining this or I'm having a fever dream right now because this <laughs> thing is weird. So take everything you know about Santa Claus and throw it in the trash. Yeah. Santa, this this world is populated. It's all pagan imagery. There is nothing Christian about this Christmas special in any way. Do you know this one, Pat? I, I'm trying to remember. I, I would imagine I've seen it somewhere along the ways. I don't really... There, the title sounds familiar. That's all I've got. There are mushroom people. There are like wood sprites. <laughs> There's like birds that talk to beavers. I There's, think I remember the wood sprites. Yeah. And yeah. this guy like talks and whistles and clicks and like answers things in French and Spanish and Portuguese and you're like... <laughs> this is, he's like he speaks every language in the world. And... Uh, there's all these forces of nature. There's Mother Nature, and she's a very like ethereal spirit. And then there's like the the father of all, like the father cosmos, and he has like giant antlers. Like he looks very yeah. pagan. He's got yeah. like deer antlers coming out of his head, big white <laughs> beard, and he's like, "We need to have a spirit of the Christmas of duh." And it was very like old. That was loud. <laughs> and uh, so the idea is like it's a super old. Uh, throwback to these old Christmas Yuletide, almost like a, we're getting back to this like pagan traditions of the holiday. They don't get into like, they maybe reference a little bit of like like Christian Christmas kind of connections, but they're getting back into some old history stuff with the imagery and iconography they have here. And the plot is bonkers. So <laughs> there's a baby that makes its way into the forest. And they're like, well, he's gone too far now. He's seen us. We can't kill him. I mean, they, yeah. kind, of, they kind of imply <laughs> that they're going to toss him off and he's like into the woods. And they're like, well, we have to keep him safe. So they do. And he's raised amongst all these sprites and animals. And so and he all he knows is love. I and mean, that's his entire life. And right. so he then... Like takes refuge in this house in this village, and he lives with all these elves and wood and wood nymphs and all this stuff. And 
They help him, and there's like these mountain trolls that are here to jack up the town. It's crazy. <laughs> Sounds like an acid drip. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and eventually, it's like he comes across reindeer. None of it is is like cohesive. We talk about like Marvel and their alternate universes right. and stuff. This is very much like that. Because if you saw uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, you're like, oh, Santa had red hair. And yeah. He had you know, and he met the Winter Warlock, and right. then the Kringles adopted him, and all these things. Throw all that away because this is a wholly different origin story for Santa Claus. <laughs> very weird, but very cool. So, was it, what's the term the comic book people use for uh, this? Is not, uh, you know, like S- S- Star Wars has got different movies. Canon. This is not. This ca- is not Christmas I canon. Mean, yeah, it could be. Yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily <laughs> Christmas canon, but you could look at it as like a, you know, like they have like in comics again, like Earth One, Earth Two. This is like <laughs> Earth Forty Seven <laughs> version of Santa Claus. Uh, very interesting. So if you're up for a very like not typical Christmas special about Santa and his origins, that's the one. Well, and it sounds kind of paranormally because you got the elves, the fe- fairies, the wood nymphs, the you oh know. yeah, mountain trolls. You have spirits that just represent like ideas. It's like this is like this is the the force of the fall. You had like you I had, seem like, to remember the dude with the big deer antlers yeah, on his head. You can't miss yeah, that guy. Yeah. Had a Wendigo in there. Oh, dude, yeah. you had yeah, like exactly. crazy like you had like That's what he looked like. You had like creatures of the night even like they they even kind of showed like balance. They were like these are the the life bringing elves and like yay, like these are the elves of decay and they're like <laughs> you know, it's like it's nuts and but it was like it was kind of cool but they, like each season had a a representative you had like the autumnal spirit and he's like made of leaves and he's like what's up everybody he's falling apart and it's all leaves it's, it's really cool but it's very different uh that is once again the life and adventures of santa claus uh the next one that i found to be kind of weird to me was rudolph's shiny new year because mm-hmm. they're like hey kids you love christmas yay what's the next favorite holiday and they're like i don't know summer <laughs> and they're like how about new years like that's not a kid holiday no you know even as little kids like i'm gonna stay up till midnight 9 30 they're gone and so they made a christmas special centered around new years right so i remember watching it as a kid and being a little bit kind of like yeah i mean it's not christmas yeah (laughs) and so the idea is that you know the whole myth of father time and at the end of the year, Father Time is all old, and then a new baby New Year shows up, and it's the baby New Year with his top hat and his little sash. And, and he's got big ears. And he's got big ears. Yeah. And we're tapping into the Rudolph kind yeah, of Yeah, because Rudolph makes a cameo in this, yes. and, and then uh, uh, the big ear guy is kind of like Rudolph with the shiny nose. He's yeah. different. Yeah. He's got the big ears. Him. Yeah. And so there's this bird called Eon, and he looks like, like yeah. a giant condor. Giant right. condor. Yeah. Both yeah. see Andy's brain yeah. cells kicking in. <laughs> and um, because of the tie, the year it was, and I think that they tied it in. What year did it come out? 1976? Oh, the bicentennial. Yeah. yeah. So there was, Eon was going to die because it was the end of an eon or whatever. Like that was the idea. And he didn't want to die because, like, he every eon, a new eon shows up. And eon's like, well, I don't want to die. So what I'm going to do is steal the baby New Year and stop the New Year from coming. Yeah. It's baby kidnapping. And yeah. all. It's got baby yeah. kidnapping. Yeah. It's got violence. <laughs> it's got reindeer taking care of babies. That can't happen. No wonder, no wonder why our generation grow, you know, grown up to have anxiety. We right? knew we were screwed. We were like, if I'm <laughs> counting on my parents to keep me alive, I'm going to die. 
We said the baby boomer equivalent. Sorry, no offense, but it's funny. The baby boomer equivalent of taking care of your kid was going, be careful. <laughs> Just be careful. Okay, I told him be careful. He's going to be careful. <laughs> anyway, that's funny, y'all. I don't care who you are. <laughs> anyway, so Rudolph's shiny new year, someone done stole a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to go find and save the baby new year before the old year goes out. You're going to have father time die and no baby new year. Nothing's happening. Time's standing still. So then he has to go through the archipelago of time and go from island to island looking for the baby New Year where the uh, the eon has hidden this baby New Year. And they come across a, a knight that has a beard sticking right. out. Sir Waterer <laughs> Clanks a lot. I forget his name. <laughs> Sir Clanks And then you got like a whale with a clock for a tail. Yeah. Everybody's smoking weed on this show. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Um, and then I think they came across oh a caveman and then a yeah, caveman. There's a caveman and so the caveman the whale with a clock for a tail and the <laughs> knight saved Rudolph from a condor or saved <laughs> the baby New Year from a condor who was whoa Andy just fell down I just fell off my chair <laughs> who was uh, coming up with this content dude I'm That's telling wacky. you between Life and Adventures of Santa Claus and Rudolph Shiny New Year you're like this is a weird yeah. Christmas special they're just like milking it it's like okay we're out of Christmas ideas what else can we what do what do you got show me throw in a Thunderbird <laughs> and a caveman yeah. dude a Thunderbird yeah. caveman that's and essentially a... what Eon was was a Thunderbird really like, scary one he was big I was kind of scared by Eon as a kid I remember yeah. just that notion of like man that's a big bird coming out stealing babies <laughs> that's not cool so there's that one. Came out December 10th, 1976. So hmm. I'm still not born yet. So there's that one on that one. You're getting pretty close. Getting close. You were conceived year. Ar- uh, pretty close mm, to around that time. Not quite. Not quite. Not yet. My parents got married December 24th, 1976. Okay. I was born October 7th. You were thinking about being born. I was up there up in the up in the pre-existence like, come on, y'all. Get me. No, I got, <laughs> I got, Put me I, in the game. I got red, red hillbilly impressions to make and podcast to record. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this from, from heaven. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Jack Frost. Mm. Once again, Rankin Bass, they were on a roll. I mean, almost every other year, they were They like, were rolling something. Oh, <laughs> dude. This one, not so weird, but just kind of like they're just trying to find anything they can. So they're like, yeah. what are we going to, what, what culture haven't we talked about? I know, Russia. And so they basically, <laughs> they go into Jack Frost. And this is kind of funny because it's kind of a somber one. Some of these Rankin Bass stories, they actually deal with some heavy-handed like emotions, and they're just like, deal with it, kids. Jack Frost is a force of nature, but he's embodied as this like sprightly kind of guy, and he wants to be human. He's decided he's kind of tired of being a, a, essentially a, a, an eternal figure. He wants to live a human life. So he chooses humanity, comes down to Earth, and turns into a human. Long story short, falls in love with this girl, and she's just all she's in love with him. He's in love with her. They're having a great time, and then um, I forget the long and short of it. But the the villain in this is uh, the Cossacks in Russia, and and they live in this giant castle, but everything, all the people are gone, and there's nothing left. It's very like very anti. It's almost like political how they like it's very anti-communism. Yeah. This 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 thing, and all he had was like stuff he built so he built like all iron steam driven thing he had steam powered soldiers he had like a little puppet that he talked to and make him he was crazy essentially (laughs) and this guy was like i'm gonna take everything y'all got he sees a pretty girl he decides to take her and so jack frost is like i have to stop this and i forget the reason why he chose to go back to being jack frost again long story short a knight comes in to save the day 
the girl forgets all about Jack Frost, <laughs> falls in love with the knight, and Jack Frost is sitting here like, I guess I'll become Jack Frost again. This so, was made for kids? Yes, in 1979, <laughs> bro. Like They're like, deal with it, kids. You're gonna, he's going to fall in love and have his heart broken. That's what it's like to be human, Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah, he falls in love with this girl. Oh, that's what it is. He falls in love with her. She kind of starts to get to like him more and more. And then some night guy comes in, and then he's like, Ooh. oh, man, my heart crunch. And then he then, heartbroken, becomes Jack Frost again, but then uses his snow powers to help save the day to stop yeah. the Cossacks. <laughs> so, anywho... There's that one, Jack Frost. A little so, weird. Merry yeah. Christmas, kids. <laughs> so he had an icy cold heart, not just because he was Jack Frost, but, but because a, a, a lady did a number on him. Did him dirty. Yeah. yeah. He got his heart hurt. Uh, yeah. And then once again, this came out right before Christmas. And you're as a kid, you're like, wow, I'm really sad inside. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> um, another one that was I found odd as a kid, The Year Without a Santa Claus. Yeah, that was a good one. Came out December 10th, 1974. That was one of the better ones, I thought. It was a good one. It had the heat miser and the cold miser. You might remember this, where the hot and the cold, they're fighting for supremacy, who gets to take care of what season. And it all is centered around Santa Claus has said, no one believes in me. That kind of becomes a very centrist thing about uh, uh, the Christmas uh, specials. No one believes in me. And I'm he, tired of doing this. I'm breaking my back for He nothing. was tired. He was kind of sick. He had a cold or yeah. something. And He's like, I retire. Like, you know what? I'm just kind of done with this. Yeah. And once again, I felt like they did kind of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is one of two specials. The next one's coming where I feel like they broke the character of Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus doesn't give up on Christmas. That's not who Santa Claus <laughs> is. But this, these writers, these guys who are smoking doobies the size of, you know, like their thumbs were like, what if Santa got sick and tired of being Santa? You know, yeah. and so Santa retires. Christmas isn't happening, and in the in the wake of that, the hot and cold guys are just wreaking havoc yeah. all over the world because they want to control uh, the weather. Uh, long story short, Mrs. Claus saves the day by convincing her husband to come back and bring Christmas. Back. And a lot of it was the the love people showed Santa. They wrote him letters and said, "You know, it's okay. You yep. you you do you." We, it's okay, we still love you, kind yes. of a thing. I think that was part of it. Yeah, the people rallied. Yeah, and, and so that, and he's like, oh, I can't let these people down. And Yeah, then he acted like nothing ever happened. Then he gaslit everybody. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting around for? And we're like, Santa, you've been gone for a year. Like, we didn't know what to do. Like, we got work to do. You're like, you took a year off. I'm not the one who's crazy. You are. Anyway. <laughs> Lastly, one of my favorites, absolute favorites. I love this. I love all of these, actually. I love them because they're weird. But this one, I loved it as a kid. And as I got older, Pat pointed out one of the first things you said was they take Santa and they break him right in half as a character. Santa was kind of a jerk in this one. They turn him into a jerk. It's just like Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like the first Star Wars. They're like, Darth Vader killed your father. And then later on, they're like, dude, he is my dad. Well, he did kill him from a certain point of view. And you're like, you're a monster. <laughs> and in fact, you chopped his legs off. <laughs> you know, and his arms. He <laughs> left him for dead on the side of a volcano. <laughs> Obi-Wan shrugs. But uh, the one we're talking about is? Santa Claus. Oh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, uh, December 8th, 1974. So this was an animated one. It this wasn't the puppets. Animated. All of these are stop motion. Um, uh, this one is an animated feature. Uh, they also did the Frosty uh, ca- cartoon. 
uh, ones as well, you'll get that Rankin Bass kind of look. Look at the people. Look at the round yeah. cheeks, big yeah. eyes. That's a very Rankin Bass kind of look. Uh, Billy Peck, shout out to Billy Peck, and I had a common uh, joke between the two of us. We, two of us called the Rankin Bass tear, where if yeah. someone was sad, you <laughs> right. had that singular yeah. tear yeah. roll and freeze roll. on their cheek, like, ding, <laughs> and then it would roll down a little bit more. So, um, "Twas the Night Before Christmas" was animated, and it basically featured uh, the poem "Twas the Night Before Christmas," <laughs> but the plot of it was um, one year Santa didn't come to this town. And nobody could figure out why that was. Santa just didn't come. The kids away right away the next day, nothing. And they're like, that's weird. And they do a little bit of investigating. And they figured out, oh, in this movie, by the, by the way, mice are anthropomorphic and live in your house, but they have their own little families and jobs and all that. <laughs> and, so, and the people know about it. Like, we're not surprised somehow. Yeah. And the mouse family, the son, is a skeptic. He's a little glasses-wearing mouse, loves to do his homework. And they figured out, they're like, wait a minute. Some oh they called the North Pole yeah the yeah. Mouse family called the North Pole they're like hey funny thing happened Christmas came and went and y'all Santa didn't come and they're like yeah yeah he got the letter he wasn't a fan of that and they're like letter what letter here I'll read it to you and he reads this letter and the letter basically is like Santa's not real we don't believe in Santa yeah it was Santa. like in the newspaper yeah, or something yeah he published yeah. it as yeah. an editorial in the paper <laughs> and he's like Santa read that letter and is like. I'm going to show this town <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> and so the mouse is all smug and happy. Like, evidence would prove that you don't have any Christmas presents now, so clearly someone's bringing... Anyway, the town is like, we'll show Santa we love him and to get him to come back. I'm like, Santa's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and long story short, the clockmaker of the town makes a clock. There's a little bit of a plot. I won't ruin yeah. it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but he makes a clock. The clock plays a song, and Santa's like, ah, oh, these dummies love me, and then turns around and goes, yeah, almost passes him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the movie, he's like, huh? And oh, you see okay. him turn around, oh, okay, I'll go and give you a present. But that one also stars Joel Gray, who's a big Broadway guy, well-known yeah. Broadway singer guy, and he played the father of that. Oh, so. I love that Really song. good music in that. Great that, music. That that's one thing about the uh, the Rankin-Bass uh, Christmas specials. They feature great music and all those things. But the long and short of it is you're not going to go wrong picking any of these to watch in your Christmas uh, viewing this year or next year. Uh, all of them. You can get them on Amazon Prime. Yeah, check them out. find them on you know, wherever your streaming services are. But wicked fun and wicked weird Rankin-Bass Christmas <laughs> specials. Thanks, Eddie. You're welcome. As a service to our listeners, Paranormal Dads is proud to present Language Lessons with Jonas. Language Lessons. The English language cannot fully capture the depth and complexity of my thoughts, so I'm incorporating emoji into my speech to better express myself. Winky face. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Perhaps you can tell us what, what brought on such an enchanting, accelerating thing. Language lessons. Language lessons. Loeb says his team is planning an expedition to Papua New Guinea. I just like saying that, Papua New Guinea. Right? Uh, Pap- I, I never know whether to say Papua New Guinea, New Guinea or Papua New Guinea. Papua? I've, I've always heard. I've always heard Papau. 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 New Guinea. <laughs>
Hi, Paranormal Dads. This is uh, Jonas, all the way from Denmark. I love your show. You guys are awesome. Keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, I love the dynamic between you three guys. It's like you guys must have been friends forever. It's it's very heartwarming, actually. Anyways, you had um, this question last time, how to pronounce a certain thing. Uh, and I'm going to try to help you out here. So I'm just going to go ahead and pronounce it. It's pronounced Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Thanks, Jonas. And thank you for joining us on Language Lessons with Jonas. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> All right. So to top this one off, we've got, uh, we're going to be talking Christmas ghost stories, which is a my, very popular thing. I got my eggnog. We got the Yule log going. We've got some cookies there, a little frosted Santa's, candy canes. Santa's coming. I hear the sleigh bells in the sky. <laughs> so uh, what I've got here, we're kind of combining lists. I've, I've got a list from a, a website called Ranker.com, allegedly true paranormal stories revolving around Christmas. I uh, summarily went through the, like Andy had pointed out, the line from the uh, Christmas uh, song, uh, Scary Ghost Stories from Long, Long Ago. Or, or, or Yeah, anyway. The idea is I went and found Victorian-era ghost stories that were told during Christmas uh, and picked five of them to just quick share the, uh, the, the uh, title and the quick idea behind each story. So we'll just kind of go back and forth a little bit and knock a few of these out. And the uh, first one is... is, is Somewhat of a contemporary one. It's a story that a ghost supposedly disrupted a Christmas party at Alcatraz. Oh. They Alcatraz have Christmas, wait, they have Christmas parties at Alcatraz? Apparently. That's my first question. Apparently We're so. in jail, y'all. Happy holidays. <laughs> so Alcatraz closed down 1963. Um, if you don't know, it was a very famous pr island prison out in San Francisco Bay. Um, so once uh, th there was a, uh, back in the 1940s, while the facility was actually still open, the warden at the time, Warden Johnston, which is kind of a, I don't know if his name was, if he was Warden Warden, 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 warden. Johnston, decided to throw a small Christmas party at his boarding house on the island. During the gathering, a few of the guards began telling the story of a phantom figure who appeared before them, wearing a gray suit, brimmed cap, sporting mutton chop sideburns. All the guards could do was stare at the ghostly figure in shock, and before they had a chance to move, the room suddenly turned very cold, and the fire in the Ben Franklin stove was extinguished. And just as suddenly as this figure appeared, uh, the Phantom Man vanished. So oh. that, that happened in the 40s out at uh, Alcatraz, the rock. Mutton, mutton chops definitely more like a 1700s or 1800s kind of for look. sure that that yeah, yeah that, we're back to Victorians and they're definitely going to be spooky on a ghost. Uh, so my Victorian era story to start here is uh, the classic A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, published in 1843. Um, probably the most famous Christmas ghost story of them all. Uh, obviously, uh, this one uh, ranks up as the first one people think of. Um, Ebenezer Scrooge is haunted by three ghosts until he is scared into embracing the Christmas spirit. The line from the book I wanted to point out was, Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatsoever about that. 
The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon it. Change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Poor Jacob. Yeah, and we all, there's been so many, like you said, there's one, what's it called again on uh, on Apple TV? Oh, Spirited. Spirited. Spirited, there was Scrooge. Yeah, Marley Disney. plays a part in Spirited as well. He's there definitely around. So, yeah. yeah, there's been so many retellings of that story, but yeah, that's kind of the classic, like, Victorian-era ghost story people think of. I'm kind of partial to the Disney version, where you got the Goofy, the, the Goofy and Mickey Mouse and <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, yeah, that's uh, a Scrooge good McDuck, too. or whatever his name is. Yeah, I like that version. Of I it. love the Muppet version of it's Christmas Carol. So good, though. it's yeah. so good. Mine too. One of my favorites. So I heard they just redid some of that on Disney Plus, and they added another song back yep. in. Yep, there's like a love song with Ebenezer Scrooge in it, or something. It's like a it. love song between him and the girl that he's essentially yeah. losing because he's chosen to embrace money over love, and so he's <laughs> losing her. Good job, buddy. So uh, here's one from England, um, and this one goes a ways back. If there, there's a new musical out on Broadway called, I think it's called Six, and it's about the six wives of Henry VIII. Oh, wow. And, like, a lot of them died. A lot of them uh, were just divorced or sent away. Uh, some dark stories there. But uh, this one involves one of, those, uh, one of those wives of Henry VIII. Anne Boylan is said to return to her childhood home every Christmas Eve. Hever Castle, which is nestled deep in the British countryside of Kent was once home to the Boylan family. Anne Boylan, the most well-known member of the family, lived the early part of her life there before she married King Henry VIII. Within a few short years of her marriage, however, Anne was targeted by dissent and gossip within the castle, accusing her of everything from witchcraft to adultery. Eventually, her husband formally accused her of these charges, and she was ultimately executed. Whether she suffers from heartbreak or homesickness, Anne Boylan's spirit is said to haunt the halls of her childhood home, Hever Castle. However, she allegedly only appears on one day of the year, and that's Christmas Eve. Rumors persist that her somber specter is seen drifting silently over the picturesque bridge that spans the River Eden in the grounds of the home where she wants new happiness. So Christmas Eve would be a good night to go haunting. You know, you got Halloween and Christmas Eve. I think those would be two of the best nights just to be just saying ghost. like the spirits are really <laughs> active and high yeah. you know um uh, my story is called the ghost's summons uh, by ada busson in 1868 this is an old one uh the the plot synopsis here is a doctor is hired to witness a man's final hours uh the quote here is would you be willing to earn a thousand pounds a thousand pounds his words seem to burn in my very ears I should be thankful if I could do so honestly, I replied with dignity. What is the service required of me? A peculiar look of intense horror passed over the white face before me, but the blue-black lips answered firmly, to attend a deathbed. Christmas Eve story. <laughs> You're telling us on Christmas Eve! Anyway. So I've got, I've got one more here. The raucous revelers are said to ring in the season at the Crescent Hotel. Oh, Eddie was just at the I Crescent Hotel. I stayed there, dog. <laughs> it's so good. It's so haunted. The Crescent Hotel is by far one of the most notoriously haunted hotels in the U.S. Located along the northern border of Arkansas near the Ozark National Forest, the hotel has been plagued by tragedy and ghost stories since it was first erected in the 1800- 1880s. 
While there are different legends and ghostly sightings associated with almost every square inch of the hotel's estate, one story continues to astonish visitors to this day. Allegedly, one year during Christmas time, visitors came to view the hotel's Christmas tree only to find that the Christmas tree and all its packages were mysteriously moved to the other side of the room. This could have been a prank staged by the hotel staff or a visitor, however, the occurrence was accompanied by sightings of various phantom spirits dressed in Victoria-era clothing, wandering aimlessly around the hotel's dining room. Some say the spirits appeared to be playful, and they moved the gifts and furniture across the room as a joke. This was seemingly confirmed when the hotel staff reportedly returned the next day, only to find that everything was back exactly where it was supposed to be. Ghosts so. moving furniture and rearranging things? You got like two men in a truck and a ghost. <laughs> and a ghost. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I mean, I stayed in that hotel uh, essentially one night. Uh, it would be so fun to have you guys. We should all go there at some point. I mean, it's not that far. Honestly. It's such a cool place. It's a cool it, place. Um, uh, what's, what's the name of the town? Um, Eureka Springs. Eureka Springs. Yeah. Uh, just It's just such a kind of quaint. I guess quaint is a good word Quaint's for a great, it. Quaint's a great word for it. But uh, just a beautiful area, and uh, I had so much fun. I've been there two or three times, and just love that place it would be gorgeous at christmas i can yeah. imagine the yeah. whole area with with snow or snow cover but anyway yeah the whole hotel has a just a very heavy is not the right word active i would say and maybe some heaviness in some spots for sure you're like ooh, this feels weird but yeah i'd love that um uh, my uh ghost story here my my final edition here is called the old nurse's story it's 18 oh by elizabeth gaskell that's 1852 a classic gothic Victorian ghost story replete with ancestral secrets, organ music, and a seriously haunted house. The quote here is, I turned towards the long, narrow windows, and there, sure enough, I saw a little girl, uh, less than my Miss Rosamond, dressed all unfit to be out outside, such a bitter night crying, and beating against the window panes as if she wanted to be let in. She seemed to sob and cry till Miss Rosamond could bear it no longer and was flying to the door to open it when all of a sudden and close up upon us, the great organ pealed out so loud and thundering it made me tremble. And all the more when I remembered that in the stillness of that de dead cold winter, I had heard no sounds of the little fists upon the window glass. So that girl hitting the glass, and there's no sound coming. Oh, oh. oh. oh man. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Yeah. And there's <laughs> other ones, too. For Just for honorable mention, there's one more, uh, too. One called Smee by A.M. Burridge in 1931. Hide and seek of uh, uh, 12 friends where they find there's a 13th friend among them that's playing hide and seek. And one more that's more current, it's done in 2013, called A Dark Christmas, where a family goes out of town on a Christmas vacation, essentially into a crazily haunted house on Christmas. Yeah, if you're into ghost stories, uh, you know, Christmas is a great time to be looking some of them up because there's so many Christmas ghost stories out there. Oh, you man. Know, it's, you can spend the whole night just, you know, get some popcorn and sit in front of the fire and some candy canes and hot chocolate and just go to town on it. I like it. I like that idea. And if you're listening, uh, be on the lookout for paranormal activity in your house or the house of your relatives this holiday season. I, and personally, I think, you know, on an intuitive, energetic level, uh, the holiday season comes with a lot of emotions. 
uh, joy, anticipation, the busy, you know, frantic energy of getting your holiday shopping done, and maybe even a little bit of sadness or nostalgia, you know, missing uh, some some loved ones who have passed and, and feeling sad that they can't join you this year to open presents. But my point is, I think the, the heightened emotional state of the holiday season, uh, you know, adds to the paranormal fuel, uh, so to speak. You know, the, the paranormal... Um, you know, paranormal activity, spirit activity in general, it, it, it often occurs during times of heightened emotions. Yeah. You know, in other words, our psychic senses, our intuition, our sixth sense uh, is intrinsically linked uh, to, um, you know, our, our heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout this year, you know, whether it's an item, you know, m- moving across the room on its own accord, uh, a picture uh, being moved or, or shuffled around on a shelf or, you know, unexplained electro- electronic abnormalities uh, during your next uh, you know, holiday or Christmas get-together. Be on the lookout, because uh, the season is, you know, it's, it's steeped in, in paranormal tradition. I love it. And with that, we've come to an, the end of another year of Paranormal Dads. We wish everybody happy holidays. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy the, the, the good times, and uh, hopefully the weather will, will treat us well, and We'll go on to have um, some better times in 2023. Thank everybody for listening. As we had, we've had a great year of feedback. This has been like the year of feedback. And so I want to thank everybody for their feedback. But also, hey, like Andy said before, if you like the show, rate us uh, on your app of choice. Let us know how, how we're doing. Also, hit us with what you'd like to uh, hear and ha- have us talk about more. Um, we did a live show this year. I'd like to see us maybe do another one of those next year, maybe even two. We'll see. And uh, just more of the fun stuff that we enjoy. Um, and also, like I said before, if you want to uh, pick up a Paranormal Dads t-shirt, hoodie, hat, stickers, whatever you kind of hits your fancy, let us know what you'd like. We can hit you with pricing and sizing details and all that fun stuff. And I'd be further remiss if I didn't point out be sure to listen to Andy's podcast. So strange. Uh, it's very fun. It's just Andy uh, with uh, sometimes a guest, sometimes not a guest, yeah. uh, but uh, very fun diving into the paranormal, get, do, doing a deep dive on a specific topic. Uh, super fun. And uh, can't wait to hear more from him. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks for that plug. It's it's a labor of love churning out a few a uh, few episodes every week over there. But it's a different dynamic altogether. It's just me and my me and my dented microphone <laughs> on that show. Denty. Um, but I love paranormal dads, guys, because uh, it's not just recording this show together. It's the camaraderie and the friendship and and the laughs that we have on this show. You know, Absolutely. I can't banter so much with people on my own show because it's just me and my multiple personalities. So <laughs> yeah. with you guys, man, I love you guys. Happy holidays. Love you too, man. It's been a good time. Happy holidays, everybody. Take care. See you. So good. Nice spin, Pat. It's almost like we've been doing this for 80 of (laughs) six. So many dang episodes. (laughs) You put one foot in front of the other. Like I I literally get teary-eyed every time. I own the record, bro. (laughs) I bought the record.
Did, did you? I have it in my house now. Here it is. 1974. That's the one. And I'm calling it weird because Santa's kind of a jerk in that. He's one, a though. turd bag, and that's why I'm going to talk <laughs> about this here. And it was a, a dude. It aired um, only 25 minutes long, December 8th, 1974. Yeah, he's like whipping the reindeer, and he's like going to just totally blow off an entire town because one person, because one mouse yeah. writes a letter. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, man, we don't believe in you." Yeah, and he's like, "Oh." You okay. Don't believe in me? Okay. I'll show you. I'll I'll I'll, I'll save the I'll save the joke. I want your real reaction. Oh, oh. So I, Santa Claus, Father Christmas. You don't believe in me, you tiny mouse. Guess what? Papa Noel. <laughs> Papa Noel. Papa New Guinea. I yes. am gonna not come to your whole town. Into Kringle. What now, because of your straight-up blasphemy, <laughs> I am going to punish hundreds and hundreds of children. Yeah. All because of you. Yeah, I'm going to have to take off, I guess, as soon as we're done. I know. We're going we're gonna, to, I'm sorry, we're going to call. We're going to go quick. Okay. Thanks. You got five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, so, could be, I could be a little late, but... You just blame Eddie. When in doubt, <laughs> it works for everybody else. <laughs> all right. On this episode, 